Amen. Thank you very much to the team. You may take your seats this afternoon. We are starting off a brand new series on the power of your words. If you can tame your tongue, you can transform your life. If you can tame your tongue, you can transform your life. In this series, we're going to look at how you can learn to tame your tongue, how you can be someone that fulfills the dreams that God has placed in your heart, and how you can release other people into the destiny that God has called them to. Now, I know looking at this room, there's going to be uh, a big mix of people with different dreams. Maybe some of you have just never dreamt for your life. Maybe life has taught you to expect very little or expect nothing. Maybe you have big dreams that have shattered at the moment. Maybe you had dreams of finding the perfect partner or becoming a millionaire overnight or see, building your own company or seeing your family brought back together. You have dreams. And the reason that this is important is because your tongue has the power to make those dreams a reality to bring those dreams back into reality and fruition, or to destroy those dreams. By dealing with this one small part of your body, you can transform everything that happens through your life. So this is such an important series, an important topic for you today. And hopefully we're going to hit on some things which really begin to speak to you about what can change for you, so that you can start to see things differently in your life. The famous passage on this is James chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. James chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. Those people keep asking me to repeat my verses because I read them so quickly. For you note takers, James 3, 1 to 12. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. I want you to make a declaration with me today. I'm going to read it for you, then we're going to make it together. The declaration is this. Tongue, you are going to become a tool for fruit and for life going to say it together. Tongue, you are going to become a tool for fruit and for life. Say it with me again. Tongue, you are going to become a tool for fruit and for life. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us into your presence this afternoon. 
And Lord, we thank you that you have done something so miraculous in us with the giving of the gift of your Spirit, Lord. Lord, that our tongues are transformed. Our very nature is transformed. Our hearts are transformed. And Lord, we thank you then that that means that we can bring out the good that you've placed on the inside of us. And so, Father, I speak, Father, a word over this congregation, Lord, that they would be people who grow strong in the control of their tongues. Lord, that instead of speaking death, they would speak life. Instead of speaking curses, they would speak blessing. Instead of speaking fear, they would speak love. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, that there'll be a transformation that happens in their lives. Lord, that dreams would start to flourish, Lord God. That situations that have long lined dead or dormant, Lord, would be turned around and transformed for your glory. Lord, we offer up our lives, a living sacrifice to you. We thank you, Lord, that you would cause this simple change to affect the whole of our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. In every situation, there is a right thing for you to say, and there is a wrong thing for you to say. Sometimes the right thing for you to do is to keep your peace, say nothing. But when you speak the right thing, and it's required of you to speak the right thing, those words become like waters of refreshment to a desert or to a thirsting plant. They bring life. See, your words are the waters of life in this world. Your words have the power to bring out somebody to experience the fullness of who they are, or your words have the power to destroy them and push them down. Just think about Jesus and the woman at the well of Samaria. This is the famous passage where Jesus says to her, if you would ask me, I would give you a drink of living water and you would thirst no more. And those words of living water that he speaks to her, they unleash something powerful in her. They unleash, uh, unleash life in such a way that all of her inhibitions are shaken off. The shame that she had felt for having five husbands and now living with a sixth man who was not her husband was shaken off. The racial stigma of being a Samaritan talking to a Jew was shaken off. The sexist stigma of a woman running around bearing witness to God was shaken off. See, the words of life that, God, uh, that Jesus spoke to the woman at the well of Samaria caused her to deal with shame, caused her to deal with her adultery, caused her to deal with her race issues, and caused her to deal with her sex issues in such a way that the whole city came out to hear Jesus and accept him for themselves. See, the words of life transformed her in such a way that she was able to bring life to a city. When you are released into who God has called you to be through his word, you have the capacity to transform a city for his glory. Words have always had power. The old sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Quoted too many times from a pulpit. It's not even in my notes. I don't know why it came out. But it's a lie. Words contain power. They are more than just communication of information or ideas. They have the power within them to see those thoughts come to maturity. It's the way that God made it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the, of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Right from the beginning, God ordained it. 
that in a world of words, we would know the words of eternal life to cling to, the words of truth, the words of the way, the words of the life that God would purpose for us, that we might know how we can draw near to God. Jesus said, my words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus was conscious of the fact that the words that he spoke had a capacity to transform a situation. Words are not just neutral. See, they are either spirit and they are life, or they are flesh and they are death. They speak life or they speak death. The word, your word, because of the image of God in you, has the power to create and to destroy, to call that which is not as though it is, or to be limited by what you perceive right now, to bear fruit or to be barren, to bring you before kings or to keep you in mediocrity. Or we can break that down to make more sense in, a, in our modern language and illustrations that would make sense to us. They can bring blessing or curses. They can make promises. They can make the impossible things possible. Or if you don't proclaim them, you would never see anything unusual. You can multiply or decrease what you have in your home. You can receive promotion or you can receive demotion by the power of your words. You can change your life, or you can keep the same one. You can bring people into eternal life. You can cause your marriage to flourish. You can release your children into the potential that God has for them. You can literally transform the dynamics of your relationships. You can breathe life. That life is held in your words. What has this got to do with me, Gabriel? Well, have any of you ever compromised your integrity? said one thing and done another, said yes when you meant no, said okay when you had no intention of doing what you were going to do. Do you, when you come into church, speak like you were raised in the queen's house, but when you go out of the church, you're swearing every other word? Have you ever used these words, I can't do that? You make me crazy. I hate it when people do that. I hate people who, I'm sick and tired. And have you ever said that? Are you surprised that you're sick and tired? I'm sick to death. I cross my heart and hope to die. We all know that these are things that trip off of our tongue every single day. Have you ever stopped for a moment to think about what you're speaking over your life when you do that? Can you believe that so-and-so said this? You meet the moment you say that, can you believe that they would even dare to say something like that to me? What you're doing is casting doubt upon their character and trying to make yourself shine. But you see, in casting that doubt, the person you said it to forever perceives that person in the same light, unless they know better. See, your word has destroyed the potential for a relationship there because you were not careful about what you said. Have you ever raised your voice in the one second and shouted in a moment of anger and in the next second tried to say, I love you? It just rings a little bit hollow, doesn't it? We know that it doesn't feel true or right when there is such contradiction in the way that you're speaking. I think we all know that there's a reason why we don't like hanging out with negative people. 
Because when they speak negatively, you feel like cringing. You feel like, what is this? Why are they sharing their bad experience of life with me? Why are they trying to tarnish my life with what they're saying? I don't want to receive it. See, your words have power. Your words have power. If you've ever wished that things could be different, they can be. That's why we're here today. That's why we're looking at this topic. We asked a a powerful question in the title, can a good tree bear bad fruit? I think we know the answer to that. It's highly unlikely. A bad tree bears bad fruit, a good tree bears good fruit. So it is a contradiction for a bad tree to bear good fruit or for a good tree to bear bad fruit. Make sense? In Matthew 12, 33, it says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. These are profound words. This is Jesus rebuking Pharisees who were purporting to be the teachers of Israel, and yet they had evil hearts. They were bringing out of the evil of their hearts, putting people under bondage, putting people under the law, making sure that they benefited from people's devotion to God. But there's still an important lesson for us here in this passage. See, you are a tree. You might not think you're a tree, but metaphorically speaking, you're a tree. And you bring forth fruit. And the fruit is an indicator of what is going on in your heart. The fruit is an indicator of what is happening on the inside. So there's nothing for it. If you're speaking negatively, you need to speak differently. You need to see that transformation happen. See, some of you will have heard those verses and been convicted of your righteousness. See, it's not a question of whether you're saved or not. It's a question of, are you walking and talking as Jesus intends for you to walk and talk? Are you living like a new creation being? Because you are a new creation being. Cast your mind back to the the session I did a couple of weeks ago on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out, and the people who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in new tongues, and they began to glorify God and prophesy. Our conclusion that we came to was that the coming of the Holy Spirit so changes you that different things come out of your mouth. Blessing comes out where previously curses had come out. Honoring comes out where previously dishonor had come out. See, when you received the Holy Spirit, God put a new heart and a new spirit within you. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. You see, because the Holy Spirit has transformed your heart, out of the abundance of your heart can flow goodness, can flow blessing. Because the Lord has transformed your heart. The Holy Spirit that is in you causes you to overflow with such goodness that it begins to saturate your life. Say it with me, Lord, saturate my life. 
a bit of more enthusiasm in your voice. Lord, saturate my life. See, God intends that from now on you would begin to flow with prophetic speech. You would begin to flow with the words of heaven, the words of the kingdom of God, and they would breathe life into all of your situations. Because we know the tongue can bring death or it can bring life. And it says in Proverbs 18.21, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I love to talk, but I'm going to reap the consequences of seeing transformation for you guys, which will be such a blessing to me. Amen. You see, even though God is working in you by the Holy Spirit, He's given you a new heart, you still have a responsibility. See, the responsibility is this. You either agree with God's Word to see life flowing, or you disagree with God's Word to see death released. Some people run around every day saying, you know, I need a word from God, I just need a word from God. Prophet, prophet, I just need a word from God. I need a word from God. I need to hear from God. You got anything to say to me? Because I need to hear from God. You see, you have a prophet in your life every single day. That prophet is you. You are the prophet of your own destiny before God. What good is a prophet who comes into your life and prophesies goodness when every day you are prophesying negativity? I cannot do this. I am not made for this. You can do this because God hasn't given me those talents, those abilities, those skills. What good is the prophet who comes one time to give you a word when your mind and your declaration is sowing death into your life? If you are a prophet of your own destiny, which you are, ask yourself, what have I been prophesying to myself? What words, even now, is the Holy Spirit reminding you that you speak of yourself on a regular basis? Ask yourself, why would I say such a thing? If I am a prophet to me, why would I say such a thing? Why would I limit the work of God in me? Why would I refuse to step out in faith? Why would I walk in fear and declare those things over my life? Why would I do that to myself? We're going to look at three major areas. Dreams and motivation, our emotions, and then our actual speaking. Because once you've spoken, you're going to reap the consequences. And so my challenge to you is that you deal with your speech, your emotions, and your motivations such that what you speak brings forth life. Firstly, with speech, for millennia, for thousands of years, men have understood the power of their words, and their lesson stands for us today. We read in Hebrews 11, verse 20 through 22, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions that they should take his bones with them. In Genesis 27, we read the story of Isaac blessing Jacob and Esau. And their mother was deceiving, Rebekah was deceiving Isaac by bringing the wrong son into his presence to be blessed. See, Esau was the oldest son. Jacob was the second son. Jacob was a man of smooth skin. He had no hair. Whereas Esau was a hairy man. He was almost like an animal, the amount of hair that he had on his body. And he deceived, Jacob deceived his father to receive the blessing by dressing up in animal hair. You see, the problem was that Isaac 
who had spoken the blessing over Jacob, when Esau then comes in and says, Father, have you not got anything left for me? Because he realized he'd been robbed of the blessing that his father was speaking over him. His father said, no. I've given the word. I've released that word. I can't take it back. Jacob is now going to receive the blessing that I've spoken over him. Esau, I'm afraid I have little scraps for you. And gives him some scraps. See, he understood the power of his word. And that word shaped Jacob's destiny. We see in Genesis 49 the story of Jacob taking each one of his sons and blessing them. And he speaks different words over, over each one of them. And in, in relation to Joseph, speaks that he would be a fruitful bough. And that he would bear much fruit in, in terms of the people of Israel. And it came to pass. They understood. The early fathers in Israel understood the power of their words. And they were very careful with what they spoke out of their mouth. Because they wanted it to accomplish that which was intended for. Remember Job. Job refused to denounce God. He refused to dishonor God because if he had dishonored God, he would cut off God from moving in his situation. And he would have been left bereft of his family, his possessions, and his position. But because he continued to trust God in the midst of difficulty, difficult circumstance, and never out of his mouth proceeded a curse word against the Lord, the Lord restored him 100% and more. Remember Abraham, Abraham, the father of the people of Israel. He's an example for all of us. See, because Abraham believed God and he spoke out the truth of who God was going to make him to be. He prophesied his name, Abraham. His name was changed, that he would be a father of many nations. Whenever he went around identifying himself, he was speaking out the truth of his name over that situation. The power of those words operating in him brought forth a nation. But you see, Abraham is an example for all of us. Romans 4.16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all of the seed. You are the seed. God's promise is available for you by His grace. So when you walk with God in faith and declare out the promise, it is available for you and able to bring forth what God has intended for you. See, because it's not what we eat. It's what we bring out of our mouths that defiles us. Jesus taught that in Matthew 15, verse 7 through 11, 18 through 20. What you allow to come out of your mouth defines who you are as a person. It's the fruit that you're bearing. It's the person that you're speaking into being. When did you last check what was coming out of your mouth? When did you last sit down and think, what am I saying? See, your words have the power to make or break a man. Just a simple phrase, God loves you, is enough to release the love of God into that person's situation. Those words of life and spirit release truth into somebody's situation. But what about if you speak the words, you're never going to amount to anything? What if you speak negativity? You're stupid. You're not going to make it to university. You're going to be no good at this job. You're good for nothing. You always do that, and it makes me so annoying. It makes me so annoyed. You always act as if you're the center of attention. You always behave badly when you don't get your own way. You always, just those words, 
begin to lock somebody into a pattern of behavior that they can never get out of. Unless that word is broken by the power of the Spirit. I want to speak to the men. Men, if you want the life that you're dreaming about, or the wife that you're dreaming about, you've got to speak words of love. Oh, I don't know how to love, and love's a mushy word, and I don't do that. Don't do that, and watch what you get. You're never more imitating God than when you are sharing God's love with people around you. You are never more fully you than when you are loving. So don't accept the rubbish that we are men and we don't love. You need to learn to love to get the life that you want and the wife that you want. Same, flip it if you want to talk to the ladies. Honor. Honor and respect. And love. But honor and respect. And love. See, when you begin to actually speak out words of love, speak out words of respect, speak out words of honor, you begin to release somebody into their full potential. If you spend all of your time complaining about the way somebody is, you continue to lock them into that cycle of behavior. They can't get out of that. No matter how much they want to, no matter how much they're desirous, nobody wants to be fearful. Nobody wants to be anxious. Nobody wants to be ashamed. But if you keep saying, shame on you, if you keep saying, are you afraid? You should be afraid. Or speaking in such a way as to inspire fear or anger, if you keep doing that, you're never going to allow that person out of that situation. See, you have the power in your mouth to bring life or to bring death. What about your integrity? I want people to trust me. I want people to think that I'm a person of value. I want people to respect me. Well, that your yes be yes and your no be no. If you cannot even hold to a two-letter word and a three-letter word in your way of life, then you shouldn't be using four-letter words to describe other people. All right? If you cannot use a two-letter word or a three-letter word to define your life, don't complain about other people. When you say no, mean no. When you say yes, mean yes. Don't say yes when you mean no, and don't say no when you mean yes. Best thing you can say is let me get back to you. But make sure that you do get back to them. I'm just not there, Gabriel. I don't have that kind of faith, the faith like the fathers of Israel had. You know, I don't know how to keep speaking out positively about situations. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the situations that I've, I've experienced. You don't know what's been said to me. So how can you tell me how I should speak to other people? Don't worry, I have words from the wisest man to ever walk the earth except for Jesus, and that's Solomon. And you're not going to like these, but it said, even a fool is kind of wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. Ouch. See, no one likes to be called a fool. But I can think personally of many things that I've said that are foolish. And if I had just kept myself, my mouth shut, I would not end up in the situation that I ended up in. See, if you don't want to be called a fool, don't do foolish things. If you just say to people, I don't like being called a fool, don't call me one. What's, what is that? 
If you're going to behave foolishly, then you deserve to be called foolishly. Fool. So if you don't want to be called a fool, don't do foolish things. Fair enough? Sometimes the best thing that you could do, and I'm going to do it very shortly on this topic, is keep it. Shut up. <laughs> See, when you've got nothing good to say, don't say it. When you don't know the right thing to say, wait until you do know the right thing to say instead of giving the wrong answer in the moment because the wrong answer in the moment is going to bear fruit. And the fruit that it will, will be born unless it's considered is not what you want to be bringing into being. See, because wisdom is speaking the life of God into a situation. What God says about you or what God says about somebody, that's what we're called to speak out. Righteousness that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is something that we can speak out. So if you're going to sit there and say to somebody, you're a sinner, you're declaring something that is not what God has spoken about them. God has said that they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so you have to match that confession because God's word is more powerful than your word. But you see, wisdom is speaking out God's word. You are righteous. You're no longer a sinner. You are blessed. You are not cursed. You are renewed, you're not gradually on a decline. Foolishness is to agree with the flesh or agree with the enemy and speak out what you see right here, right now. See, that's what is one of our major issues. What we see right here, right now is what we think will always be, and so that's what we speak out. No one ever changed their world by observing the observable facts. They changed their world by reaching beyond the observable facts into the destiny that God had prepared for them. See, foolishness, I'm not going to be treated like that. Who does that person think they are? Who do they think they're talking to? That's foolishness. Because the, Lord, uh, the devil has put before you a temptation for your pride. And your response, who do they think they are? I'm going to tell them what. Soon enough, you are walking off the ditch, falling head over heels, because you succumb to the temptation the enemy has won and you are now falling because of your pride. That's foolishness. Foolishness leads to unwise partnerships. It leads to lost jobs, lost family, broken relationships, persistent sickness. If you're persistently sick, one thing is you probably need to rest, check your Sabbaths. If you're not honoring your Sabbaths, honor your Sabbaths. But if you're persistently sick, what are you speaking of yourself? I'm sick and I'm tired. Well, then you're sick and you're tired. Don't expect anything different. Foolishness leads to an unsatisfied life. See, the prophet of God, you are all prophets of God, speak, should speak out what they see in the spirit, not what they see in the reality currently, because the spirit is intended to be superimposed upon the physical reality now so that the kingdom of God can be manifested in and through your life. That's our words. If you've got nothing good to say, don't say it. Emotions. Think of someone that you really trust. And you decide to share a secret with them. Maybe you tell them about a gambling problem that you've had and you've not told anyone and you just want to bring it out in the open because you want to be free. And that person reacts badly. And they react negatively. And what, what do you think you're doing? You're supposed to be a Christian. And what, do you, you know, what are you on about? Now, we don't promote that in the church. We always promote listening ears. 
and encouragement and speaking life into a situation. But say that person speaks negatively into your situation. What is your immediate reaction? I'm not, I don't want to hear what you have to say now. I don't trust you. I've trusted you. I've trusted you with my life, and all you've done is judge me, and I don't want you in my life anymore, so God bless you. And you see that person pushed to a distance. You see, we often think the wrong way around. We think that our emotions give us the right to say what we think, rather than thinking about the consequences of our words upon the dreams that we've had. See, you should either live from the dream of who you're building and who you want to be, or you live in the spur of your emotional state right now. Said so a different way, we, we don't determine the things we permit ourselves to say by the world we desire to create. So you permit yourself to say the things that you say. Have I said this? I don't care what you think about what I've said. I don't care what you think about what I've done. I could care less. It sounds very powerful. It sounds like you are the master of your universe. You're in control. But the problem is, it's not what they think about what you've said. It's what you're releasing in your life because of what you've said. I could care less what you think about what I've said, but I need to worry about what I've said because it's going to affect my future. We need to think before we speak. Our emotions are not there to rule us. If you are ruled by your emotions, you are ruled by death ultimately. They sow to the wind and reap the whirlwind. That's what happens when you allow your emotions to get the better of you all of the time. So to refer back to James at the start, he said, if you are able to control your tongue, you are like a perfect man. Spiritual maturity is not gauged by how good you look when you worship, how often you attend church, how often you attend cell group. Spiritual maturity is determined by the fruit that you bear with the words that you speak. If you are able to control your tongue, you are like a perfect man. Thirdly, what about dreams and motivations? Oftentimes we have various thoughts, um, which are, some can be sown by the enemy, some can be sown by situations, and if they are allowed to bear fruit, then they can bring about a mindset which causes you to speak in certain ways. Do you know any negative people? You just wish that they would speak a little bit differently? Just wish that they would just shut up and say one thing good instead of the hundred things bad that they say? That's because there's a worldview, a mindset that's on the inside of them. And it's because they haven't rejected the lies of the enemy or they haven't rejected things that are said to them that were not theirs to carry. We're going to look more at that next week. But that results in having a disposition of either love or fear, either humility or pride, either esteem or dishonor, either empowered or protective. Let me explain quickly. We can either be loving people when we see others, or we can choose to be afraid of them and speak accordingly. We can be humble and so bring apology or bring correction in the right tone, or we can be proudful and resist words of life that are spoken to us. We can hold somebody in esteem, recognize that they're a son of God, a daughter of God, or we can dishonor them and say, I don't care who you are. You're smaller than me, you're a different color to me, you're younger than me or older than me. I don't want to listen to what you have to say. Do we esteem or do we dishonor? Finally, are we empowered or are we protective? 
See, either we live from a place where we are in control of our own emotions, or we are protective where we allow somebody else to dictate the way that we're going to respond. If you treat me badly, I'm going to treat you badly, either by ignoring you or by shouting at you. I'm going to be passive or I'm going to be aggressive. And there's a worldview which comes into the way that we speak. I guess you guess that love, humility, esteem, and empowerment are all spirit positions. The rest is flesh positions. And if you're in the flesh, you are limited from the life that God intends for you to live. I don't want to share my dreams. I don't want to share what God has placed on the inside of me because I don't want somebody to squash my dreams. A, you're hanging around with the wrong people if they're going to kill your dreams. And B, you need to speak your dreams out in order to give them life. This comes in evangelism. How many of you have arguments with yourself a thousand times and don't even have one conversation? Oh, no, 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 that's not the Lord. Go and speak to that person, tell them I love. No, 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 that's not Jesus. No, no, that's me, I'm lying to myself. Why does the devil talk to you like that? Why does he get you to not go and say to somebody God loves you or share a prophetic word or share the gospel? Why does he do that? Because he understands the moment you open your mouth and the words start to come out, life, 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 life. If he can keep you sitting quiet, silent, shut up, he's one. Same with dreams. Speak out your dreams to give them life. The most powerful lesson that you can learn is that what God thinks and says about you is so much more valuable than what you are currently saying or thinking about yourself because he sees from a totally different perspective. And when you agree with what God says, you are agreeing with his life and releasing life, life, life in all of your life. So let's come back to this question. Can a good tree bear good fruit? You are a baptized, spirit-filled believer in Jesus Christ. You are a good tree because of the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Bring out fruit that is worthy of the tree that God has made you to be. Grow in wisdom. A simple thing. Think before you speak or text or get on Facebook and start blasting somebody on your status update. Because once the word is out, there's no taking it back. So make sure you sow the right words, especially in this day and age. Once you've put it on Facebook, that's 600 people. They share it. Boom. The word is gone. Manifest love with your speech. So first, grow in wisdom. Think before you speak. Second, manifest love when you speak. Guys, if you want a new wife, speak words of love and life. Ladies, if you want a new husband, respect and honor. In your speech, it will change your marriage. If you want to see your job situation change, speak well of your boss and speak well of your job instead of cussing God because he's given you a job that you didn't want. It's a test. It's a test. Simple as that. If you keep speaking negatively, you're going to end up at the bottom of the pile. Your kids, they're not here to fulfill your dreams. They're here for you to speak life so that they can fill their dreams. Evangelism. Speak what God puts in your heart to speak. Because when you open your mouth and the words start to flow, the devil has to shut up and they will get saved. Tell people about the love of God. When you speak about church, this final thought. Paul said, I desire that you might prophesy. Prophesying is speaking about the nature of God. 
See, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. He speaks in the spirit mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, comfort to men. God calls you to prophesy to the body, to speak things that will build people up, that will exhort them to become all that they're called to be, that would comfort them in difficult situations. He even goes so far as to say, if you could just take five words with understanding, speak five words with understanding, then you can transform lives. And that has a corresponding knock-on to change society. As you speak words of life instead of speaking words of death, speaking blessing over the governors and the mayors, speaking blessing in the political realm, seeing transformation happen, Summary, you are a prophet of God to your own destiny. Do not be ruled by your emotions, but speak God's word of life over your life. Walk in the freedom that God intends by aligning to his dreams. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've made us to be good trees by your spirit taking up residence in us. Lord, we recognize that there are many ways that we are foolishly speaking right now. But Lord, we want to see transformation. We want to see our dreams become reality. We want to see our hopes realized. And also we recognize that we need to take control of our tongue. So we ask that by your grace, you would enable us to cease with foolish talk, to cease with wayward words. And where we cannot bring out anything good to at least hold our peace, but Father, we ask that you give us the wisdom to consider the right answer. That we would speak words of life into various situations. That we would speak words of truth, your truth, not our truth, into various situations. And that we would see those things transformed. That we would see your name glorified. That we would see your name lifted high through the seasoning of the salt that comes out of our mouth. And Father, we thank you that by our fruit they will know us. Lord, by the words of love, and a lifestyle of love and blessing and abundance, they will know that we have been set apart unto you. Out of the abundance of what you've done in our hearts, we would bring forth good treasures. And Lord, that people would come to know you because of the words of our mouth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.